Hey, it's another studio episode. I'll talk about Siberia, about the upcoming tour to Ethiopia, about how the coronavirus is putting photo travel upside down. And of course, after Siberia, there will be a bit about taking photos of ice. This is Tips from the Top Floor, episode 896 for March the 8th, 2020. Hey, hello and welcome. This is Chris and you're listening to Tips from the Top Floor. Um, whoa, crazy times. <laughs> Everything is going crazy right now. Um, so yeah, I've returned from Siberia. Thanks for for all the great feedback you sent me about the slices. Um, it's it's fun making them. I like doing them, so I will uh, I'll do my best to bring you more of those. Um, yeah, okay. So this is a studio episode, as you can hear. Um, but again, the next one will again be a slice. Uh, we had an amazing journey. Siberia was great. The Moscow extension was wonderful. Seen a lot of good stuff. Um, and yes, before you ask, the elephant in the room is, of course, the coronavirus. And uh, it does have an impact. In many ways, it does have an impact. Um, just in general. Uh, and photographers love to travel. So the, the whole travel business is feeling it. Um which I'm not surprised about. Uh, the world's, for example, the world's biggest trade show, the ITB in in Berlin, which was supposed to start a week ago, um, that's been cancelled. Huge, huge trade show. That's where a lot of the travel agents book their their tours with the tour providers. Um, an important business trade show, and yeah, <laughs> gone. It's not happening this year. Uh, travel in general is being cut back. A lot of airlines are beginning to struggle. So. This everyone feels the feels the virus. Um, uh, for our Lake Baikal tour in Siberia, the virus had a very different meaning, a very different outcome, because it meant that there were less tourists overall, and uh, that was because of one reason. Well, Russia Russia is still very minimal in the number of uh, reported cases, uh, but while we were there, and the whole. The whole uh, corona COVID nineteen thing started to blow up. Uh, Russia cancelled all Chinese tourist visa. So, as a result, because you do run into into tourists into other tourists on Lake Baikal here and there, um, and the Chinese tourists have kind of become more well. Chinese have traveled more in the last years, and you you saw this at Lake Baikal. Uh, but this time around, no, no, no other tourists or hardly any other tourists, uh, much less than usual. Uh, so we had the most of the lake for ourselves, which from a photography point of view was amazing. I mean, the, the photos, I, I, I have photos online. Siberia photos are at uh, tfttf.com slash Baikalpix, B-A-I-K-A-L-P-I-C-S, tfttf.com slash Baikalpix. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, but of course, the reason uh, behind that <laughs> empty lake for us was not that amazing. Um, next up is Ethiopia, which um, is where I'll go next with a group. Actually, the flight is out tomorrow. So uh, I'll take a train down to Frankfurt tomorrow and then hit an Ethiopian Airlines flight tomorrow. They have uh, no reported cases yet. 
and uh, we'll also be mostly in areas that are sparsely populated, the tribes in the south of Ethiopia, Jinka, Omo Valley. So, um, yeah, in general, um, I mean, yeah, this is a real thing, right? The virus is a real thing. Uh, but in general, I don't really subscribe that much to the panic. I'm, I'm a great fan of good numbers and statistics and scientifically founded information. And th most of the media out there, they have the wrong incentives, um, which is why there's so much clickbait around the virus and so much shouting and so much uh, fear-mongering. I mean, it does have to be taken seriously. That is, the, that's a fact. This thing uh, is happening right now and it is growing. But um, I like sites like uh, Worldometers, .info, for example, worldometers.info. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. They have an entire section on the coronavirus with really good numbers and statistics. And they link to their sources. They explain the numbers. Uh, very level-headed about the whole thing, which is a really fresh breeze in the, in the crazy news cycle that we have right now. Yeah, so, and of course, I mean, I'm doing everything that should, have, that should be done anyway. I mean, the... I'm not telling you anything you knew. Don't touch your face. Don't shake hands. Uh, I'm still <laughs> still looking for a photographer's handshake that doesn't involve touching each other. I don't know. Maybe hold up your hands and make a clicky index finger gesture while smiling. I don't know. <laughs> you you let me know. You you make send in an audio message. Record a voicemail. Voice at tfttf.com. Let me know what you would do as a replacement for a for a physical handshake um what else w wash your hands with soap for 20 to 30 seconds because that's how long it takes to catch everything again i'm not telling you anything new here uh don't use towels that have been used by others um and do have enough hand sanitizer and use it in case you can't wash your hands um in fact the the hand sanitizer shelves in our shops here are empty so we've begun making our own own hand sanitizer with like based on like a i don't i don't even know it's like a who recipe or something with rubbing alcohol hydrogen peroxide a peroxide bleach aloe vera gel for yeah to make it nicer to your fingers there's plenty of recipes out there yeah, and you can get those ingredients relatively easily so uh, from what I see, what's really important is that the alcohol concentration isn't too low, but also not too high. I think it should be around 70%. Uh, not an expert here, so do your research. But from what I read, a higher concentration will not be better for various reasons. Um, again, I, I trust the scientists on that. So, yeah, I'm I'm playing it as, uh, as safe as possible. Um our upcoming Bhutan tour, which is due in four weeks. So I'll, the plan is I come back from Ethiopia. I'm here for a week. And then I uh, head out again to Bhutan, which is one of the reasons I I started the whole slice thing. Because, we, yeah, it's a bit tight. I, I planned this a bit tight, I have to admit. I should have planned with more time in between. But that's just the way things turned out. Um, so... Uh, that Bhutan tour that's up in four weeks, that might change because <laughs> the Bhutan just had their first confirmed case. And uh, as a reaction, they have closed their borders for tourists for two weeks. Uh, 
So, yeah, we'll see where this goes. I mean, I hope they reopen it because Bhutan is an amazing country. And, yeah, again, it's not that... It's very thinly populated in many of the areas that we go to. Um, We won't be using public transportation and so on and so on. Um, But just in case they keep the border closed, which is a real possibility, even though I hope it's, it's not going to happen um just in case i've uh, worked with our organizer whom i've worked with since i don't even know for for the last six seven years now so really reliable and uh he he has a plan b ready for us which which is looking pretty good so just in case Putin closes the borders and we have no control over that um he's come up with a great alternative program so Again, at this point, it's wait and see. It's, yeah, it's just lean back and and see what happens. Inshallah, whatever happens, happens. Um, but yeah, the whole field of travel is feeling this big time right now. Um, bookings are going down, so that this has a big economic impact. E- economic impact it on top of the loss of sponsorships, which ah uh, okay, but. You know, I mean, at least from at least from an environmental point of view, I mean, we're kind of flying too much anyway. Even though I've, I compensate every flight I do and have done for years, but um, yeah, there's too many airplanes in the air anyway, and uh, flying is too cheap. It's way too cheap. But but even 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 uh, there, things are kind of crazy now because. Um, I read the other day that there's a system in place. I mean, okay, whatever the rules are and why they are there, I don't know. But there's a system in place, apparently here in Europe, where if, if airlines in Europe don't use their slots, which I don't know, it's probably some kind of flight slot allocations, then they might lose those slots to their competition. And because of that, and uh, because of uh, flight reservations having gone down, people just don't, don't want to fly that much anymore. Uh, to keep those slots, some airlines are flying back and forth empty planes now. That's what, that, it, was in the new, in, it was in the news. I'm, I didn't check the sources on that, but it sounded kind of reasonable. Uh, and of course, that's totally crazy. Absolutely crazy. And of course, travel isn't the only thing that the virus might have an impact on. I would assume that Camera manufacturers will also feel this. Um, if the whole economy gets a big hit from that, and it will, I'm very sure about that, then people won't spend as much money, so the sales will go down. Production is a wild card. I mean, some cameras might have their d- debut moved out months, uh, maybe, same as the <laughs> same as the James Bond movie. Uh, and again, may- maybe that's not the worst thing. I mean... I let me let me let me be adventurous here. Let me venture the guess that most of us, the majority of us, does not need a new camera. I certainly don't, and I know most people that I know who are into photography don't need a new camera. What we need is uh, is to learn to use our existing cameras better our existing gear we have way too much gear we have way too many cameras and throwing money at the camera being a bit lighter or a bit faster or 
a bit better in low light will not make us better photographers. So, um, yeah, well, let's all work on that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe indoors for a while. I mean, this might this might be the time when your investment in that in that macro lens and some of those. LED lights and the studio equipment and the tabletop backgrounds. Maybe that's the time when this will finally pay off big time. So yeah, don't let don't let any of the panic get in the way of your creativity. I think that's what I want to say. Fear is not a good teacher, and uh, if anything, I believe you could use photography to take your mind off things. Right, Ch channel that into some some photography experimentation. Anyway, I'll I'll keep you posted in the slices back here. Um, I think I will actually have access to some data while in Ethiopia, so I'll do my best to bring you some slices from there. I'm uh, certainly planning to enjoy the photography there, um, enjoy the experiences there, enjoy the cultural experiences there. So, yeah. Um, also, a quick thanks. Uh, there's new and updated pledges on Patreon by Tony, by Tobias... John, Brian, Raphael, thank you so much. Uh, also, let me open this one here. My my little... Uh, sorry, I should have pre... Uh, 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 I'm opening my, my little bunk banking up app, which has the SIPA account that I'm getting donations from. I'm just sorry, I didn't prepare this, but I want to read... I do want to read some of the names there. Uh, because yeah, SIPA is getting some love. SIPA is the European Euro Eurozone uh, transfer money transfer. So Olaf has uh, donated something, and Tobias has donated something. You guys are amazing. Um, you're wonderful, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I do appreciate this, especially now that that the whole travel thing. Oh yeah, I don't even know where to go from here. Um, one last thing, by the way, a quick reminder. Um, I haven't talked about this in a while. There's the Patreon Wall of Fame, which is a, a donor's kind of Wall of Fame. Um, if you are a patron and if you are a SIPA donor, um, you get you get uh, your name featured on the Patreon Wall of Fame. It's a web page on tipsfromthetopfloor.com. And uh, if you pledge more than $3... Uh, or more per episode you will uh, that's on patreon you will also get your name linked to a destination of your choice so you get a free link out of this um to your i don't know your Flickr account or your photography website maybe you have a have your own website um but i, I need your help if you want me to do that if you want, want me to link you um then uh you'll have to let me know and send me a short message and i'll get that fixed um, what else is we'll get to the photography in a minute uh, book news yay book news um, the film photography handbook which originally was absolute analog in German and then became the film photography handbook and it's been translated to uh, to the Chinese language and now it is out in Italy Fotografia Analogica I hope I didn't butcher that too much but um, it's available on Amazon in Italian so if you are Italian um, if you know someone who's Italian and a photographer and into film photography, then yeah, check that out. Mm, last piece of news, absolutely last piece of news, um, is that Tips on the Top Floor is officially off the charts, which is a is a is a 
section of the po of the podcast magazine. Podcast magazine uh, is uh, doing their top podcast picks of the month for all the 19 podcast categories. And uh, TFTTF is on their off the charts list, which is amazing. I will definitely link you if you're into podcasting, if you're a podcaster, if you want to know more about the podcasts that are out there, tips and tricks and stuff. Um, podcast magazine is worth a look. And now it's time to get off your butts and do some photography. It's the five-minute assignment time. Um, and uh, we go by the alphabet. You know this as usual. Um, we do this every episode, at least every studio episode, and uh, do this by the alphabet. Today is the letter G, and the assignment is graduated. Now, graduated refers to a graduated filter, usually an indie grad. That's what it's called, a graduated filter that is darker on one side and brighter on the other. And the way that is used is by putting the darker part over the sky in your photo. And uh, so the bright sky gets closer in brightness to the foreground, and this will result in a nicer picture. So uh, many of you might not have a graduated filter, which uh, is perfectly okay, but there's a good chance you have one without knowing that you have one. What I'm talking about is the front window in your car. These often have a darker part on the top that gradually fades into the rest of the window. Now, what I want you to do, and yeah, this will be a bit of a physical challenge, but uh, you can you can do that. Uh, what I want you to do is, um, well, first of all, clean that car window because you want uh, as clean as possible window, and then take your camera and shoot through that part of the window in a way that the darker part covers the sky and the normal part of the window is on the landscape and the way the the, the part where it um, blends is like on the horizon. Um, it's a great and simple way to test what a graduated filter will do. And maybe, just maybe, it'll open your eyes to the possibilities and you'll go out and get a dedicated graduated filter to play with a bit more. That would be great. And here's how you join. There is uh, the five-minute assignment channel on the TFTTF Slack and you can also post them uh, post them to your favorite social media with the hashtag five-minute assignment, number five, and then minute assignment. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. Let's see what you can come up with. Use the use the Slack to discuss, to compare, to get inspiration from others, or simply to hang out with other listeners and and and, and, and maybe maybe exchange how to uh, contortion, how to become a contortionist to be able to do this little five-minute assignment. But... Again, the official hashtag, hashtag hashtag for the graduated assignment is hashtag five-minute assignment. And for good measure, you can add a hashtag graduated. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Steve here. Hope you're doing well. I just finished listening to your podcast from uh, Lake Baikal. And I was very intrigued when you uh, were talking about what gear you were using and mentioned the inclusion of the, the tilt shift. I've used tilt shift lenses in the past for architectural photography, but in looking at your Flickr, I've never really considered using one in the context of what you seem to be doing there uh, in Russia. So I was wondering if you could let us know if you're using the tilt shift uh, function in any way in, in any of those photographs or, or otherwise uh, if you're incorporating it into your, your work there at all. Um, so thanks very much in advance for that. And thanks very much for the podcast, Chris. Uh, I've been a very, very long time listener from day one. 
actually. And um, always appreciate your efforts to keep it going, and in particular the uh, recent tough decisions you've had to make concerning your advertising. Um, I appreciate it, and I'm sure many others do in the community. Thanks, and take care. Thank you so much, Steve. Wow, a first-day listener. Um, yeah, appreciate you being around for so long. I, yeah, I do, I do use a tilt-shift lens in almost every photography I do, handheld. And uh, it's something that I, I have written about it a little bit in the wide-angle book that I've, uh, that I've written. Um, the last two chapters are in tilt-shift. And I, the thing that I do is I use it for... The, of course, for the intended purposes, which are which you are referring to, and that is the, well, for architecture, use it to correct perspective, to keep the vertical lines parallel, to make to 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 enable you to get something in the shot that you don't have to tilt the camera for. There's a, just some basic rules there that uh, a tilt shift lens makes easy to do. Um, but there are so many more reasons to use one, and um, that's where <laughs> that's 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 where it becomes interesting for me. I mean, okay, let, let's just go through a few things here. Um, first of all, a tilt shift is a prime lens, which again, prime lenses are typically a bit a bit sharper, a bit better in optical quality, easier to design than zoom lenses. So uh, that's what I like about it, even though I know sharpness isn't the point of photography, but for me, it's kind of this, yeah, it makes it, makes, uh, it, makes it just a little easier. Uh, and and uh, I mean, honestly, a tack sharp photo that has the sharpness exactly where you like it is kind of very satisfying still, it satisfies the, the geek in me. Um, so yeah, the uh, tilt shift lens is, if you don't do anything, if you don't shift it, if you don't tilt it, it's a super sharp prime lens. Sharper than any other lens out there. So that is one uh, motivation to carry it around. Uh, the other is, yeah, it lets you correct perspective um, or or exaggerate it. But for me, it's the perspective correction usually, uh, which I use everywhere, everywhere. And I mean, of course, if I'm in cities, I use that to correct perspective in buildings, um, to to reframe something without changing the tilt of the camera, um, which is the more wide angle you go, the more important that gets because you get falling lines that the wider angle you are, the more pronounced they will be. And that I, I like my photos to be tidy. And that is something that ke helps keep a photo visually tidy. So um, yeah, it's a, it helps in that respect. And and that is also true for landscapes. If I shoot a picture of, let's say, Lake Baikal. Okay, Lake Baikal. Um, I look across the lake and there's a forest on the other side of the lake. Now, if I move that horizon up or down by tilting the camera, that means those trees will not be parallel to each other anymore. They will start falling inwards or outwards. And I, I don't want that. So I want the horizon lower on the picture, but I do not want to tilt the camera for it. So that's where a shift comes in. So in, in landscapes, very, very uh, important tool. Um, if you look on, on tfttf.com on the website, uh, the picture for the last episode for the slice uh, for episode 895 voices is the title that's a picture of icicles coming down at you i was lying on my back those icicles and this is the 24 tilt shift the uh, icicles were were pointing down at me by the way it looks dangerous it's not dangerous at all but it i i made it look 
even more dramatic. Well, first of all, by the wide angle, and second of all, by shifting this. And by shifting it, I I in I moved those icicles to a part of the to a part of the uh, image circle where the where the perspective is more pronounced. So I I emphasize the perspective here uh, to make this look more dangerous than it actually is. Um, that's that's the two main things I use my tilt shift lens for. I sometimes well that's only shift. Sometimes I tilt, which uh, can give you like it, it can change the depth of field uh, or it can give you seemingly more depth of field. And I use this for some of the close-up shots, some of the landscape type shots. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I use it for. And it, I find it very, very, uh, very reassuring that it's manual focus and it, it, it means I have to do some more work to get the focus, but it also means the focus is every time exactly where I want it. I get the focus on what is important in the photo. The camera doesn't make a decision here. I make the decision and I have, I have, autofocus is amazing, especially with eye tracking focus, that kind of stuff. But as soon as you leave the human subjects and go into icicles and other weird, weird abstract stuff, that auto autofocus will have to take a wild guess what you want in focus, and it doesn't get it right all the time, and then it kills my photo, and I don't like this. So, um, yeah, it forces me. Oh, and by the way, that focus ring is smooth as butter and if you if if you've only done autofocus in the past and you've never had a manual focus lens with with the 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 focus ring feel of these lenses is off the scale i mean it just yeah i just just moving this is so precise so it's made for being manual focused and that is just so very different from the, from the autofocus lenses that we all have now. So, yeah, it, and it, it's not even nostalgia. It really helps me get to the result I want to much easier, much faster. And yes, I do know you can change the the perspective. You can you can correct the perspective or exaggerate it afterwards in post. But the tilt shift just gives me what I want right in camera. So I don't have to do any work anymore. And that again links into my my workflow, which is the one hour one thousand pictures workflow, which um, I wouldn't be able to pull off if if I didn't use stuff like this to help me uh, get the photos as good as possible in camera, so I don't have to put much work in them into them after after the fact. Anyway, that's that's just a few things. And uh, the thing I'm really proud of is that I can pull this perspective stuff off by, but without a tripod, without a without a, uh, a spirit level, without uh, the compass and stuff in the camera, I can pull this off handheld. And uh, it's not that hard. I explained this in the book, by the way. Uh, it's not that hard to do it, and it is very satisfying to have. It, it's always satisfying to have a skill to be skillful in something and for me that is one of the things that I'm just I press that shutter I know I have the photo the way I want it with the corrections I want and it just gives me that big sense of um, yeah of happiness <laughs> I, I don't know a better word for it it makes me happy so it's the right thing for me to do <laughs> 
So this is this is the slot in the middle of the episode where I used to have paid paying sponsors, but I don't anymore. So um, I still want to kind of keep this because it's a nice way to structure the show. So this is your call for action, but a different kind. Um, I haven't really done an official one of that kind in a while, but you know what? The thing that I think really makes this show special is the interaction with you, the listeners. And one of these ways to interact is, of course, your voices here on the show, your voicemails, your questions, your input, your um, greetings, your anecdotes, your photography stories here on the show. Um, I would really have love to have more of those. And it just it it changes the dynamic of things. It makes it so much more approachable for everyone if they hear uh, other listeners. And yeah, you could be that one voice that asks asks, asks a question here or uh, brings us some input. Um, no, no question is too small. All questions are valid questions. Um, I'll, I'll do my best to answer them. Um, yeah, give me your opinion on something. It doesn't really matter as long as it's somewhat related to photography. Send something. Well, record it first and don't be afraid. Yes, I know everyone hates their voice initially, but uh, I did too. And then I realized that um, I have a beautiful voice. So <laughs> everyone can do it. Um, the people just, yeah, you all sound beautiful. So uh, pick up your phone. Pick up your phone. Use your voice memo app of choice and just talk into the phone as if you were doing a phone call so no one else would look at you funnily and then send it to voice at tfttf.com again that's voice at tfttf.com i'm really looking forward to hearing from you Yeah, um, I, I have a, I have a, a, a just just because I just returned from a very cold place. I thought I'd talk briefly about ice and what that means for photography. Uh, again, after all the slices, and if you haven't listened to those, I highly recommend you do so. Um, you might have spotted a pattern, right? Of the Arctic, the Norway, Lofoten last year in February. Now Siberia in February. I love the cold. I love the ice. Um, there's no bad weather. There's only bad clothing. And uh, we had, I think the worst, wor- in quotes worst, for me, it's not bad at all. The The lowest temperature we had was minus 23 Celsius, which is like minus four Fahrenheit. Um, but, you know, we weren't, weren't that far away from our cars Uh the vehicles are always nearby, so it's, if you need to warm up, you warm up. But it's it's a dry cold; it doesn't really it doesn't really creep into your clothes at all. Uh, so I had a down jacket on with um, <laughs> my, my infamous down jacket. You, I'm I'm pretty sure you will hear about this sooner or later because uh, this is my old old down jacket. It's like six seven years old, which Again, you don't use this all the time, but it's a very lightweight down jacket, which also means it has a very thin outer layer and the goose down in the jacket started to poke through. And so I was the guy who always left like a trail of feathers behind him. I was the chicken of the group. <laughs> um, so that's what I wore. Um, 
I'm getting a new one, by the way. Um, that's what I wore. In addition to the down jacket, I had a pair of uh, like uh, ski pants on, which were lovely, nice and warm. Uh, a pair of relatively thin goat leather gloves, which I have had for a couple of years now. And it, yeah, they are amazing. I mean, I, but this is very this is a very relative thing, a very personal thing because I'm a, I'm a radiator, right? I I just don't get that cold cold that easily. So for me, those were perfect. They really kept my fingers warm. Um, it wasn't always minus twenty three. I mean, <clears throat> in some cases we had like minus five only during the daytime. So, um, and those those gold leather, gold leather gloves have a, a thinned index fingertip, so you can use the and and a, and a thinned thumb fingertip so it's not doesn't flip open but it's like a little thinner part so you can uh, use the camera through it and they have like a they they work with capacitive screen so you can use the touch screen on the camera on your phone uh with the gloves I, i'd love those um if they if they go i'll have to buy a new pair um and and some of the participants on the tour borrowed uh, the 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 clothing the warm clothing from our organizer who, which is part of the package so you don't even have to bring like uh big stuff with you um it's already there not, not the most stylish choice but definitely a very warm choice so everyone was happy um from a photography point of view there's Uh, let me pick three things um uh exposure technical exposure based on the the whole snow thing um often if you shoot in automatic exposure you'd have to exposure compensate in to avoid gray snow so we're talking plus one plus two uh stops compensation upwards uh you want to watch the histogram um i shooting with the tilt shift A lot of the time, I shot mostly in manual, so for me that was uh, a different kettle of fish. Um, ice, ice is <laughs> ice is very, very varied from white to black, so you have to play that by ear. We have we had white ice with like lots of air bubbles embedded, but then we also had glass clear ice in the middle of the lake where it's like a mile deep under you so no light from the bottom comes back up so you have it you're stand you stand on a black surface because that's what you get it's it's black you see some cracks in the ice so you have a you get a good idea that the ice is like three four five five foot thick which is plenty um but yeah it 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 is normal exposure most of the time for these kind of things you'll have sun reflecting in the ice which makes beautiful highlights, um, is nicely showing the surface structure. Um, and in some of those cases, shooting directly into the sun, against the sun, to have it in the shot, um, in the sky, but also in the shot and the reflection. Some of those shots actually work really well with uh, an exposure compensation downwards, where you darken the picture down even further which can nicely bring out the structure and the depth in the ice which is uh, again hard to explain it's even hard it's even even hard to photograph because the the, the ice has such a three-dimensional structure you, you do these slight movements and you get this depth which is really hard to reproduce 
in a photo. Um, you can you can check out the the Siberia pictures. I've linked them in the show notes. So to get an idea. Um, so that's the exposure part, the technical part. Uh, from a subject matter point of view, I mean ice, of course, ice and snow. Uh, the sun. Very often we had sunny skies. Uh, Siberia has, uh, the, I believe, over two hundred sunny days a year. So, yeah, most of the time we had sun and uh, beautiful sunsets, uh, sunrises at the that time of year in February. the The, the sunset isn't too late and the sunrise isn't too early. So uh, that was um, uh, participants in a group used that made use of the the morning hours to get a sunrise i managed to get up once uh for a sunrise around like sun rose about eight o'clock so it wasn't too bad um just in general landscapes as a subject matter there's tons of landscapes very very mixed ice scapes as well because the ice is so varied so diverse um it's really again look at the photos so that should give you an idea um the harsh light the the baikal sun is definitely something that you can use as a subject matter and then people 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 i you will see a lot of my photos have people included in them to help give things a scale to help give things uh something that isn't really a subject but that helps to kind of stand in for a subject maybe maybe the icicles hanging off the of the ceiling are the subject, but uh, that person there in the background gives it, anchors it in reality, takes it a bit away from the fully abstract side. And uh, in general, from a subject matter point of view, I was looking for coverage, for trying to cover the same thing from different angles, walk around something, especially with the reflections, that is a lifesaver. You'll see one of the photos that I took is of like this, a whole bunch of triangles, shards, uh, stacked behind each other with the sun reflecting off of them. It's like five or ten of those. And the sun reflects off of them. We saw them from one side and I took a photo and it was, yeah, okay. And then I started walking around and all of a sudden I get this glint of reflection in the corner of my eye and I look back and I move my head left and right and there it is, this one spot from which all those shards light up and it blew me away and it's one of my favorite photos from... This year on Lake Baikal, it's just mind blowing. So, I'll I'm, I guess I'll make this the the main photo of this episode. So check out eight nine six episode eight sixty nine uh, eight ninety six. Um, the on tfttf.com you'll find that. Um, post processing the post production uh, is 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 different with ice because ice often means like if it's a lot of white if it's a lot of low contrast um we did have a few not sunny days even not though not that many but if that comes together with a lot of snow you have very thin contrasts so the question is really do you want to keep that feeling of the low contrast or do you want to raise it do you want to raise the contrast that's personal preference for me it's almost always i want to pull out a bit more contrast and to, to pull that out to tickle that out uh, i'm talking lightroom now most other packages have similar things um, there would be a, a few tools to do something about the contrast and one is the contrast slider 
which <clears throat> makes everything darker and brighter around the middle of the histogram. So what's dark or in the darker half of the histogram gets darker, what's in the brighter half of the histogram gets brighter. Um, the problem with ice is the ice isn't, isn't usually a, around the middle. Ice is further up. So all, what the contrast slider will make with do with ice and snow is it'll make it brighter, which in that case you don't want. You want to increase the contrast within that structure. So clarity is another one that used to be the go-to for a long time. And that's uh, a local contrast enhancement, which is acts on just local parts of the photo. It makes the photo more dramatic and it's very easy to overdo. And I'm really tired of it. I don't like clarity anymore. I use it. I do use it very sparingly and uh, very locally. I brush it into one or two areas and that's it pretty much. So contrast, yeah, it doesn't really help you. Clarity, I don't like it that much anymore. Texture. Uh, Adobe added that to Lightroom a while ago and it is like clarity, but with uh, for smaller structures, for finer structures. So that on some of the icy surfaces is, is interesting looking because um, you'll it'll bring out some of the smaller structures and of the finer structures. But again, it's easy to overdo. So I'm I'm trying to keep my hands off it at least from from a global point of view. I might brush it in here and there, but I'm trying to be very conservative with the texture as well as with with clarity. Um, another one that I've recently come to to experiment with is the dehaze slider, which again isn't isn't Lightroom exclusive. Others have that uh, as well. I think on one has a haze slider, which is kind of the the opposite of the dehaze slider, but then both go towards the negative and the positive, so uh, they do similar things. Um, which is an interesting one because with low contrast things, it will add contrast and color contrast uh, and it, it'll it'll tickle out structures and it'll emphasize small contrast differences so if you have something let's say a sky with uh, just a little bit of structure in it uh, the dh slider can make this pop beyond belief again Again, easy to overdo, very easy to overdo. Um, I will sometimes just use it locally with a brush to get some more detail in something. Um, but all these tools all do something with contrast. And uh, as I said, easy to overdo, most of them. Um, so here's a general tip on the post-processing of these kind of shots. Do your post-processing on them, but then wait for a day. Just let them sit. Just ignore them for a day. If you think, wow, this is amazing, don't go post it online just like right away. Give it a day, revisit it later, and then see if that still works for you or if it feels over the top or if it doesn't feel enough. Um, for me, that is really, really the, uh, for the longest time, has been the lifesaver to to kind of keep my my to keep the the child in me at bay because sometimes that child is just like it over it overdoes things do we do we all remember hdr and uh all sliders to the max yeah no so those 
those tools today, like the texture clarity and dehaze slider, um, yeah, they are they they can destroy photos, and I don't want that. So, give it a day, give it some time, and then decide. All right, that was it for this week. Um, yeah, again, thanks everyone who supports this show over on Patreon or uh, via the SIPA transfers or any other way. There's so many ways. Um, again, go to tfttf.com slash support to find information. Oh, 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 very new development. Um, the SIPA transfer is now open, but I just realized this uh, a week ago um this is now open for uh credit card payments too so if you if you feel like it um yeah you can pay by credit card you can go there and uh throw some money in that way so that again that would probably be the absolute if you if you're from the states and you're not in the sepa range and you want an easy way to to to, to shoot me some uh some bucks a bit bit for the tip jar then yeah, go go to tfttf.com slash support. There's a link to that as well. And uh, thank you. Really appreciate it. I will not read the whole Patreon supporters list, uh, mainly because I'm, I'm bound for time. I'm packing in parallel. I'm, uh, yeah, I got to catch a train tomorrow morning and... Uh, yeah, I'll I'll pick that up again once the whole travel thing is over. And uh, but again, thanks everyone on Patreon and everywhere. You guys rock. You guys are amazing. As usual, music for the show by Jeff Smith by Sound Partner and HPK Garut. Publishing and Slack challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Refster, Armstead. We still have a challenge ongoing. Check out the TFTTF Slack to find out more. And the Slack invitations are handed out by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ. The link is tfttf.com slash yslack, W-H-Y-S-L-A-C-K. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos. Share them with the world. Be nice to each other. Take care of yourself. And happy shooting.